0: Let's pray for our, our nation this morning, and, um, you know, we've got a big election coming up Tuesday. If you haven't yet voted, um, do that, and pray before you go. Vote the right way. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been, it's a little, we're in a, we're in a turbulent time in our nation, aren't we? But, you know, I feel like, and I've heard people say this, that, and I, and I believe it's true that, you know, this the stuff that's going on around us is just the devil reacting to what God's already doing in the church. There's some stuff happening and some good things happening in the church. And you look at some of the prayer meetings that have taken place in Washington and some of these things. God is, God's up to something, and the devil's scared. And uh, but we need to we need to pray. We need to vote. I heard somebody say the other day that you know some some young Christian girl said, "Well, I'm not going to vote." For so-and-so because it's my body and my right to choose and all this and I, th- I thought Lord it hurt me so bad I just started thinking about that and I felt the Holy Spirit say you are not your own how, how dare you as a Christian say it's your body you are not your own you've been bought with a price therefore glorify God with your body isn't that what the word says but we listen to the lies of the world and we think, well, yeah, that's right. And it's rebellious when we, when we come against the word of God. We need a resurrection of the, of the word of God being taught in our churches, taught in, in this nation. And we need to, we need to pray that God's going to have his way. Amen. Can you agree with me this morning? Lord, we thank you for this election that's coming up. Lord, we, just, we are not looking at this from a place of defeat, but Lord, from a position of victory because we face everything from a place of victory you're our champion you fight for us lord god and we thank you for it, that this election is going to go well we just proclaim in the name of jesus there, there is going to be a good turnout as far as the, who who gets elected it's going to be your man who you choose and, and and that goes for every office from the from the top all the way down to the who's in the school board lord i thank you that everybody that you want is going to be elected and we thank you, Lord. Have your way in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the church of Jesus to rise up and, and do their duty and vote in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. That's the public service announcement this morning. Go vote. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired of Facebook and everybody else telling me to go vote. You, you, we know what we need to do, don't we? Um, go to Romans chapter 8 for a second. We're going to get started here this morning. I've got something I want to share with you. Um, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit over the last few weeks, and I've got a lot more I want to say about that, okay? And I want you, I've got something good for you this morning, okay? Romans chapter 8, we looked at this a little bit last week, but we're going to go to the next part now, verse 15. Look at this for a second. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of Adoption. Somebody say adoption. What's adoption mean? You know when you, you pick your kids. That's adoption. There's kids you have, and then there's kids you get to pick. You got picked. He picked you. You've been adopted. Okay? And we love the kids that we have, too. <laughs> but you got adopted. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. And if we're children, we're also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so we may also be glorified with him. I want to talk about this this morning, the spirit of adoption. Listen, I heard a story, and you probably have heard this story before, about a, a farmer. He was walking through the, the woods one day, and he heard a, a cry coming from the, the out in the middle of the woods he kind of wandered through there there was a baby eagle that had fallen out of its nest and he felt so bad for this eagle it was just laying there crying for its mother and no mother came so he felt so bad for it, he picked it up and he took it home he needed to keep it safe because it was so small and so he put it in with his chickens in the chicken coop and it wasn't long before the eagle started pecking around on the ground he would, the eagle was watching the chickens and started scratching those great big talons, too big for his little tiny body, scratching on the ground. And over the next several months, that eagle grew quickly to become a full-size, full-grown bald eagle. And the farmer waited for him to fly away, but he never flew away. And sometimes the farmer would come out and he'd see the chickens with the eagle there, in the middle and he'd see them all scratching around on the ground and the eagle would look up sometimes and he'd see these birds soaring through the air. And then he would look back down and go back to scratching and pecking at the ground. Listen, the the enemy wants you to think you're just a chicken. The enemy wants you to believe something that's not true about yourself. He wants you to think you're just a, a nobody they sing a song on kay love about it you're just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody i turn that off when i hear it cuz i'm not just a nobody nobody ever did nothing for the kingdom of god you're not just a nobody you've been made a child of god that's not nobody if you met a prince you wouldn't say he's just a nobody you'd say i met the prince you're not just a nobody stop acting like chickens Stop scratching on, listen, you weren't created to scratch on the ground, you were created to soar. God made you and designed you to soar. When you became born again, you've been given everything you need. Listen, you got filled with the spirit, you got everything you need to soar in this life. Stop scratching on the ground. Amen? Amen. Let me get into this now, because he says you didn't get a spirit of slavery. You didn't get a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. I want to talk about this idea for a second of slavery, what that means, because this, you did not get slavery. You got set free in the name of Jesus. I want you to look with me, Exodus chapter 14 for a minute. And we're going to go there a little bit this morning. Exodus 14, Israel came out of Egypt. And when they came out of Egypt, God didn't just take them out, this was a big deal, wasn't it? We still celebrate the Passover because this was a big deal. He could have, listen, God could have come down and in one instant taken them out of Egypt. He could have, in fact, he could have just translated them all. Boom, they're in the promised land. No walking, no journey, no Pharaoh, no nothing. He could have, he didn't have to send 10 plagues. Did you know that? He could have sent one plague But he sent 10 plagues because he wanted to send a message. He wasn't just taking his people out of slavery, he was delivering them from fear. Because when they saw how awesome their God was, there was not gonna be one thing in this world left that they could be afraid of. Listen, God sent, remember the plagues. God sent plague number one, I won't won't quiz you this morning. I'll just tell you what it is. He turned the Nile to blood. You remember that. He turned the, Moses put his staff in the water. He stabbed it in there. And when he did the blood, Now it's interesting that they call it blood because, you know, for us, we would say he turned the Nile red. But why did he call it blood? Do you know something? The Egyptians worshiped all kinds of gods. I mean, you know, you've seen the the pictures and things, all these different spirit animals or whatever you might call all these different things that they worship. The Nile was their source of life. They worshiped the Nile. And Moses shows up and he stabs it. And it dies. What's the message? The message isn't just that God's powerful enough to turn the waters red. The message is, my God's bigger than your God. The message is, what are we hearing this morning? There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like him. He killed your Nile God. Well, then here comes the frogs. Did you know the Egyptians had a frog God? Had a big frog head and like a human body or something. They worshiped this thing. And now here come the frogs all over, a plague of frogs, and they can't get rid of the frogs. Their frog God can't help them. And then when Moses gives the word, all the frogs die. He killed their frog God. And you go on down the list, every one of those plagues, there was a God associated with that thing. Did you know that? When, they worship, when the flies came, they had a fly God. If you could imagine worshiping a fly God, it had a big fly head and lots of fly eyes and all these things. They worshiped him, but the fly God couldn't help him because there's no God Like Jehovah. You with me? And so here comes, you remember everything turns dark. Did you know they had a sun god? What was his name? Ra. They had a sun god that they worshiped. God killed him too. There's no god like Jehovah. But where the Israelites lived, they had light. Come on. I thought the sun god could help us. There's no god. Like Jehovah. So when God was taking his people out, he wasn't just taking them out, he was showing off and showing them and demonstrating to them, there's no God like Jehovah. So when when there's something that might come against you, you don't have to be afraid because there's no God like Jehovah. Even when finally the 10th plague, all the firstborn children die, you know the firstborn in Pharaoh's house died too. Pharaoh was worshiped as a god. That's why they would build those pyramids and put them in there. Because wor- they, they thought he was a god. God killed him too. And so what's the message? Listen, I want you to catch this today. There's nothing. You've been delivered from slavery, but you weren't just delivered from slavery. You were delivered from fear. You weren't just delivered from slavery and fear, but he went a step further. And he made you a son. You got the spirit of adoption. He picked you. Come on. So God takes his people out. He's not just trying to show them he can set them free. He's trying to show them there's nothing he can't do. So he takes them to this place. He takes them to the the edge of the Red Sea. He leads them out with power. Now we got the, the fire going before him. We got the cloud going before him. They're being led by the very spirit of God. And where does God lead them to? Look at Exodus chapter 14. Look at verse 1. Can you put that up there? The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of this place. I won't even try to say it. Between these different, between next to the sea. Let's just say next to the sea. You must camp in front of there, facing it by the sea. Pharaoh's going to say to the, of the Israelites, they're wandering around in confusion. They're boxed in. And he, look at what God says now in verse 4. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. How dumb is Pharaoh? You read through that story. It took 10 plagues, but that was God just, just putting pressure on the heart of Pharaoh. So he was just, he, he was stirred up. And so finally, he says, I'm going to make him pursue him. And then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and his army. And look at what he says. All the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And so the Israelites did this. So here's Israel. They're being led to the Red Sea. It's an impossible place. They can't get over it. They can't get under it. There's only one option. If you read children's stories, what do they got to do? Go through it. There's no way out. It's an impossible situation. But listen, sometimes you might be facing impossible situations in your life. You might be going through something and you think, God, why this, 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 I'm facing this thing and don't things seem so big when you're right in the middle of them. Yeah. They seem so, Lord, I'm going through this thing and it's so big and it feels like it's an impossible situation. But listen, God took them to an impossible place because he wasn't finished manifesting his glory. If you find yourself in a Red Sea situation, you know you're being set up. God was setting them up, wasn't he? He was setting them up for victory in such a way that I'll show you what he says in a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is good. But he's setting them up. You might be getting set up today. You're facing something. You think, man, this is so big. No, no, no. Listen, you've got a better covenant. You've got better promises. You are being set up. God's about to do something in your life that you hadn't even begun to dream about yet. You haven't begun to think about it yet because he's able to do abundantly more than you can even ask or imagine. Are you awake this morning? Come on. So God led Israel to an impossible place. Now catch this. He led them to a place where no man could help them. He led them to a place where they couldn't help themselves. Do you know why? Because if they could have helped themselves, they wouldn't have trusted God. If they could have trusted in man to save them, they wouldn't have been trusting in God. But God led them to a place where it was hopeless without him. There was no man that could help them. They couldn't help themselves. But God was going to take them through by his power. Sometimes you got to get to the end of yourself because you've been trying to do things on your own too long. You gotta learn how to put your full trust in him and make him your only source. He's your only source. I mean, I'm I'm telling you now, doctors are great. I love doctors. I go to the doctor, but that's not my source. If my trust is in the doctor, I've got my trust in the wrong place. I gotta get my trust in him. I love having a job, I like what I do. That's not, this isn't my source for my finances. God's my source. Okay? You with me? You know, we, sometimes we think we, we can protect ourselves different ways, wearing things on our faces or across our chest when we're driving in a car, all these different things. And those are good. And you should wear a seatbelt when you drive a car, but that's not my protection because I've seen a lot of car accidents where people have died wearing seatbelts. Those are good and it's important. I'm not telling you don't wear a seatbelt, don't wear you you make your decisions for life, but listen, that's not your source. God's your source. You gotta get to a place where you trust him completely with everything. Are you with me? Listen, there was no there was no God in Egypt who could save the Egyptians. He didn't want, he didn't want anybody trusting anything other than him. There's only one name you can trust. There's only one name, and I'm talking about not the name of Muhammad. It's not the name of Buddha. It's not the name of Confucius or, or Vishnu or whatever have you. It's the name of Jesus. There's only one name given among men under heaven whereby you can be saved. So here comes Pharaoh, chapter 14. Look at verse 5. I love this story. The king of Egypt was told that his that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about the people. They said, what have we done? We lost all of our free labor. And so he got his, now I, want you to, I just want you to catch this. What does he do? He gets his chariot ready. He took his troops, his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt. He took every one of his chariots he took the best ones he took the worst ones he took all of his troops he was all in I don't know if this was common for a war to take everybody because if you take everybody what, what could happen you could lose everybody but he took everybody because he was confident but he was confident in himself He had confidence in the wrong thing, didn't he? He took everybody, and it says, the Lord hardened his heart. He pursued the Israelites who were going out triumphantly. The slaves are marching out triumphantly because they're no longer slaves. You're no longer a slave. You've been set free. Come on. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses, chariots, his horsemen, his army chased after them and they caught up with them. I want you to see this now, this picture. There's Israel at the f- front of the Red Sea. I mean, they can't get around this thing. They're trapped. And here comes Pharaoh with all of his army. And he sees them like sitting ducks, a million Jews standing at the Red Sea. He's got them. They're slaves. He's got them. There's nothing that can stop him in his mind. It looked impossible, but I want you to look what Moses says to the people in verse 13. He says, don't be afraid, and I want you to hear this today, because this is the Lord's word to you, because you're no longer slaves. You've been set free, and he says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. Look at what he says. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The The thing that's been in front of you, the thing that you've been facing, the battle you've been going through, I feel like the Lord's saying this, the thing that you've been facing, you're never gonna see it again. You just stand still and let the Lord fight for you. You stand still and let the Lord fight, but you gotta do something now. And I want you to to hear this in the Amplified Bible, verse 14. Do you have that in, yeah. The Lord will fight for you. You should just hold your peace and remain at rest. You got to do something now, church. The Lord's going to fight for you. He's going to do it for you. He took you out of slavery, not just with a little bit of pomp and circumstance, he took you out by Jesus coming down to this earth, defeating death, hell, and the grave, and being resurrected with power. He took you out of slavery with power. He delivered you from fear with power. And now listen to what he says. He's going to fight for you. The thing you've been facing, you're not going to see anymore, but you got to do something. Stay in peace and rest. Stay in peace and rest. That's good news, isn't it? Here's the problem, it's hard to stay in peace and rest because we like to worry. We like to get, we get upset, we get angry, we get frustrated, we get all these emotions and we are being led by our emotions and our feelings instead of what the word of God says. Stay at peace. You stay at rest. The Lord can't fight for you when, when, you're, when you're fighting for yourself. He can't fight for you if you're doing all the fighting. Stop. Rest. Lord I, put it in, Lord, I put this thing in your hands. Yeah. You are able. You're more than able. In fact, you gave me a promise that, that you could do it anyway. And I know you keep your promises. Yeah. I know you're bound to your word. And so, Lord, here's the problem. I've been trying to fight on my own so you can't fight for me. So, Lord, here it is. I'm going to stay in peace and rest. Now, you know what he says? How do you, Now, how do you do that? Because it's so hard to be at peace when you've got worry, you've got anxiety, you've got fear, all these things that you've been delivered from and you feel like you got them, how do I get my peace? Listen, stay in the Spirit. The mind, we read this last week, the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. If you'll get into the Spirit if you'll stay with the Spirit, if you'll listen to the Spirit, if you'll just walk in the Spirit, if you'll just think about the things the Spirit wants you to think about, you're going to be at life and peace. You can keep in rest because you're walking according to the Spirit. Is that good? I thought it was good. See, the people were delivered. God took Israel out of Egypt and he, he says to them, don't fear. Don't be afraid. They were delivered from Egypt, but now he was about to deliver them from fear. Because he says the thing, the Egyptians that you've been facing that have been hanging over your heads for 400 years, you worried about them and your father's worried about them and your father before him and your father before him. And it's been this generational curse of this Egyptians hanging over your head. You're not going to see them anymore. You're not gonna see that thing anymore. And maybe there's been some stuff that's been hanging over your family. Maybe there's been some stuff that's been hanging over your life. And you say, why do I keep, Lord, this thing, is just, it's just, no, 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 you're not gonna see that thing anymore. Are you with me? That thing that you've been facing, you're not gonna face it anymore because he's gonna, he sets you free. And he's setting you free from fear. Look at this now in chat, in, in Verse 23. He says this, the Egyptians set out in pursuit. All of the horses and the chariots and the horsemen, they went into the sea after them. Can you imagine the audacity of these people? Here is God performing this miracle and the Red Sea has parted. And it says there's literally walls of water on either side. And Pharaoh's like, yep, let's go in there. Are you crazy? I'd be like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not going in there. That looks dangerous to me. But they went, all of them went in chasing after Israel. All of the chariots, all of the army, every last one of them went in. I got I to keep reading this. It's just so good. He caused, in verse 25, he caused their chariot wheels to swerve, God did. He made them drive with difficulty. And the Israelites, the, the Egyptians realized what's going on. They said, let's get out of here. God's, the, the God of Israel is fighting for them. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hands over the sea so the waters can come back. Moses stretched out his hand, and at daybreak the sea returned to its normal death. While the, depth. While the Egyptians were trying to escape, the Lord threw them into the sea. Now listen to this. The waters came back and they covered the chariots, the horsemen, the entire, say entire, the entire army, did you catch that? Of Egypt. There's no more army in Egypt. The dummy took the entire army, and he took, them into the, he took them into the Red Sea. And God, in one fell swoop, took out the entire army of Egypt. Now look at what it says. Verse 31, when Israel saw the great power the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in him and his servant Moses. When God sets you free with power, the world's gonna be watching and the world's gonna be in awe of what God's done. When you get, listen, you've been set free from some stuff, start living like it. You've been set free, start getting in peace and rest and stop acting like the world, being afraid of everything. The, this world is trembling in fear today trembling in fear today. But listen, you've been set free. You don't have fear hanging over your head. You got the spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in you and he's the spirit of adoption. He picked you. You picked. He's the God of the impossible. You might be going through impossible situations, but I want you to know something. There is nothing impossible for God. We, there was an old song we used to sing I think um, it was probably before my time but I, I know I've heard it it says God specializes in things called impossible you know that one Sandy? God specializes you can learn it if not God specializes he knows all the old songs in things called impossible that's his specialty i got facing something impossible good that's his specialty it doesn't matter what it is. He's able to do more than you can ask or imagine. Come on. Look at, look at this. Go to 2 Timothy 1. You didn't get a spirit to fall back into fear. But what does he say in 2 Timothy 1? The Lord's not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and a sound mind or sound judgment. Listen, this world is hopeless. They are hopeless. They are in fear. They don't know what's coming next. But you've not been given a spirit of fear. You've been given a spirit of power. Listen, if you've got power over something, you, you can't be afraid of it. I, I, you know, sometimes when your kids are little, they're afraid of the dark, right? Until you come in and turn on the light. Oh, okay. Now I'm not afraid anymore. Why? Because... Dad's got the power to turn on the light switch. I don't have to be afraid because now it's light. It's, It's irrational to still be afraid of the dark when you're sitting in the light. You've been set free from fear and you've been given the spirit of power. Catch this. The Holy Spirit of God in you, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of God, God picked you. He's a spirit of power. There is nothing he can't face. There is no problem. There is no impossible. There is nothing. The same God that took Israel out of Egypt in power, he's taken you out. Whatever you've been in, you're not supposed to stay in. You're there to go out. You're there to go through. God's taken you through. The enemy has been taunting you, and you feel like, man, how am I gonna how am I gonna handle this? Listen, the thing that you've been going through, you're coming through. And the enemy's getting squashed. The enemy's getting drowned. He thought he was after you. He thought he was on your heels. But listen, God's using the very thing, that very impossible situation that it seemed like I can't get through. He's using that to manifest his glory in your life. Stop complaining about what you're going through and start looking to him to manifest his glory over your life. Amen. Amen. Whew. Gotta calm down. He gives you a spirit of power. He gives you a spirit of love. Ah, I'm so mad at this person. I can't believe they, ah, it's stupid, this and that. No, shut up. You've got a spirit of love. I don't have, ah, I'm so mad. I can't, I can't even see, I don't love that. No, you don't, that's not what you've been given. You're taking something that doesn't belong to you. The enemy's offering it to you and you're taking it but that's not what God gave you. He didn't give you a spirit of, I can't, you know, this stupid sassafras and little, no, he gave you, he gave you his spirit of love. Love, the, the love of God connects you to his power because he is love. You can't operate outside of him. You can't operate outside of love and think you're gonna make it. You gotta get in love, and he gave you a spirit of love. So you're able to do it. And he gave you a sound mind to go with it. Because that's the thing that, that troubles us, isn't it? That's the problem. That, this thing is the problem sometimes. We get to thinking. Stop thinking about it. Start thinking about him. Get your mind on the right things. You've been given, you've been given a different mind. You've got the mind of Christ. Renew your mind. Be trans, That's how you get transformed, right? Right? Master's commission you get transformed by renewing your mind. They know that verse. The Lord will fight for you, just hold your peace and remain at rest. Listen, the moment that Israel passed through that Red Sea, the moment they passed through, that was their baptism. Ooh, come on. That was their baptism. They came through that sea. They they went in slaves. They went into the sea as slaves. They came out as children of God. Come on. You've been baptized. You've been been filled. You've, You've been picked. You are a child of God today. That's who you are. Now listen, it's time to understand who you really are. It's one thing for me to tell you. It's another thing for you to believe it. Because if you, listen, if you don't believe who you really are, if you don't believe you've really been adopted, if you don't believe you really are a child of God, you're never going to soar with the eagles. You're going to be pecking around on the ground with the chickens. But that's not who you are. You weren't made a chicken. You're made an eagle just because you live among chickens. Stop acting like chickens. Start being eagles because that's who God made you to be. Look at Romans 8:15 again, one more time. Have you got that in the amplified Bible? And yeah, I'm getting ready to close. Okay. Romans 8:15 For the spirit you've now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more into bondage to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit pronouncing sonship. I want you to catch that for a second pronouncing sonship the spirit of God is in you and he's whispering something to you son, Chip, you're a son I'm not leaving the ladies out but I want you to catch this he's saying you're a son of God we like to say child of God but he calls you he says son why does he say son there because the son had the entitlement to the inheritance the daughter didn't get it but daughters, you're included in this. You're a, you're, he looks at you as a son in that you're entitled to everything he's got. He's the spirit of adoption, the sonship, by which we cry, Abba, Father. Abba's just the Hebrew word for father. So he says we cry out, Father, he's my dad. That's who, that's who I am, I'm a child of God. I don't have to wrestle with it anymore, it's It's done. It's done. He says in 1 John chapter three, you have that one. Whatever is born of God, or is that chapter four? I don't know, I didn't write it down. Whatever is born of God conquers the world and this is the victory that's conquered the world, even our faith. You're born of God today. You've been born of God. You are a son, you are a daughter. You've been adopted, you've been chosen, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. So live like it, why don't you stand up with me? He goes one step further in this verse and he calls you a joint heir with Christ. You remember we've been reading about the Holy Spirit, how he takes from what belongs to Jesus and he declares it to you. He can legally do that because it belongs to you because you're an heir with Jesus. Everything that belongs to Jesus Belongs to you, because you are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Every listen, everything. I'm gonna say it again, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. What belongs to Jesus? What do you need today? Been taken care of, hasn't it? You are a son. Live like a son. Believe who you are. You're not just a nobody. You've been made somebody. You might have been a nobody at one time. We're all nobodies at one time, but God made us somebody. He picked us. He chose us in him. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you today that there is no God like Jehovah. Jehovah. There is no God like you. Lord, I thank you today that we have the Holy Spirit of God, the spirit of adoption living inside of us. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't have this spirit of adoption. You've not been chosen by God because you're away from God. Listen, you can come to him today because he made a way for you to become part of this family. It's the family of God. And if you're here today or you're watching online and you need to make your life right with Jesus, I want you right now, right where you are, just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins and make me a new person. I give you my heart today, Jesus. I thank you that I am now a child of God because of what Jesus has done for me. Amen. But now listen for the rest of you. I want to encourage you because maybe there's somebody going through something today. I want you to catch this. The Lord says the thing that you're going through, the thing that's been hanging over you, the thing that you've been facing, you're not gonna see it again. He's taking you through. He's taking you to the other side. You've been hanging out in the middle of the Red Sea for too long, it's time to pass through. And God's taking you through and he's gonna use the very thing that's been weighing on you to manifest his glory in your life because that's what God's all about. He's not just about setting you free, he's about doing it and manifesting his goodness through you. And so today, if you can receive that, if you're going through something today and you say, I need a manifestation of the glory of God in my life, I want you to just raise your hand because the Lord sees that right now as your act of faith Lord, right now, we thank you that you not only are able, but that you have already paid the price for everything that we need. It's already been purchased. And Lord, we thank you today that whatever it is that has been lingering, Lord, we thank you today for the promises of God that we're passing through. Lord, we thank you today that you're going to manifest your glory this day in our lives. Lord, we thank you for provision. We thank you, Lord God, for meeting every need. We thank you, Lord, for health and wholeness to our bodies. We thank you, Lord, There's no more. there are no more complications. There are no more issues with the people of God. Lord, we thank you that you are taking us to the other side. And Lord, we just give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen.